Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by Nuclear Weapons, saving the world is always more dramatically fulfilling than just saving the girl. Let's dim the lights and start the show. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by The Cavern of the Evil Wizard. Get the latest, hottest video game action on your PC with the wildly popular Cavern of the Evil Wizard, available while supplies last. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. And this is a podcast. If you didn't know you were listening to a podcast, that's what's happening. (laughs) And what we do, as the lady said, is analyze and break apart movies um, to, I don't know, figure stuff out. Yeah, and now TV shows a little bit more. Um, And this has been pretty fun. Like, this is the second one, and we have a couple more after this. And it's been kind of a cheat code for us to get caught up and have a little backlog going because this year has been absolute garbage. Um, But I feel like there's so much that I can learn. And as a filmmaker, as a writer, because we're mostly focusing on pilot uh, episodes and also kind of showing, you know, discussing a little bit where the show goes overall. Um, But pilots are really, really difficult to do well because there's so much you're trying to do. You're trying to capture your audience because unlike a movie, you write a movie you get in, you have someone's bought the ticket. You know, you don't got to do anything the first five, 10 minutes, like other than hook them and, and make it pay off, you know, two hours later. Uh, whereas a TV show, there's a lot of channels, man, especially back in the day when this, this came on. And it was really important to hook them right away and to keep them hooked through the first commercial break. That's a tall order. And so there's, there's a lot of uh, things you can learn about character development and getting those uh, stakes ramped up as quickly as possible that you can only really see in pilots. Because anything beyond a pilot, you know, they start to try to get deeper into the story. But the first five, 10 minutes of every single pilot should be kind of your top guns coming out um, and really helping demonstrate what show you're trying to make. So this has been fun. I'm, I'm excited to keep uh, doing a few more of these. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, last week's was great. We did Cheers. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so spoiler alert, uh, we are, if you haven't seen the pilot of Friends or haven't seen Friends in general, um, uh, pause this, go find it somewhere. It's it's hard to find unless you like own it right now um, uh, and watch it because we're going we're gonna to give a few spoilers, of course. It's your yeah, warning. For sure. And we'll talk about Friends and contrast it a little bit with Cheers. So if you want to go back and listen to our Cheers episode first as well, uh, that might be a little illuminative. Um, but mm-hmm. if not, it's probably fine. I think for both of those shows, Friends and Cheers, like you can probably watch any clip and have a general idea as long as you don't mind spoilers on these uh, specific episodes, specifically uh, Friends today. Um, but we're going to talk about a few things. We'll talk about cinematography, editing, writing, and other such stuff and things and stuff. And a quick synopsis, if you need it. Uh, the the show Friends follows the personal and professional lives of six friends living in Manhattan, created by David Crane and Marta Kaufman, featuring Jennifer Aniston as Rachel Green, Courtney Cox as Monica Geller, uh, Lisa Kudrow as Phoebe Buffet, Buffet uh, Matt LeBlanc as Joey Tribbiani, Matthew Perry as Chandler Bing, and David Schwimmer as Ross Geller. You can't live off your parents your whole life. I know that. That's why I was getting married. (laughs) Give her a break. It's hard being on your own for the first time. 
Thank you. You're welcome. I remember when I first came to this city. I was 14. My mom had just killed herself, and my stepdad was back in prison. And I got here, and I didn't know anybody. And I ended up living with this albino guy who was, like, cleaning windshields outside Port Authority. And then he killed himself. <laughs> and then I found aromatherapy. So believe me, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> The word you're looking for is... Anyway... That's so, like... There's a lot of really good moments, I think, in the uh, in the pilot, but there's something about Phoebe going on so lightheartedly. Because normally, right, someone with a terrible backstory, like, they use it to kind of punch you in the face to say that you don't have problems, I have problems. Uh-huh. But here she's using a really horrible backstory as a way to relate to a completely yeah. trivial issue. <laughs> like it's it's the best use of that I've probably ever seen. And uh, yeah. Lisa Kudrow, I think, is probably uh, the funniest and comedically talented, probably on 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 the cast. But there's some amazing talents and we'll get into all that. But what was it? I don't know how much you've seen of Friends and how recently you've watched it. But what was it like sitting down to watch the, the origin? It was... It was okay. I mean, I have seen Friends. Uh, I've watched, I mean, a ton of it. Probably, I'm not, I don't know if I've watched every episode, but a lot of it. Um, anytime it was on, I would always watch it. I do like how they established the exact, like, this is this is the character, right, for, for everybody. So everybody, you kind of, you know, Chandler has the quick wit. Phoebe, obviously, is the kind of dim-witted but lovable person. And I love that they made it, made it a girl yeah, uh, because they kind of also have another one in in Joey uh, as as the male male side. But Joey offers the good advice for David. So he is, you know, does have like, you know, some good advice too for for Ross, David Schwimmer. Yeah. But then I do love how they established the, bro, you know, the kind of the sadness, the broken heartedness of of both Rachel and Ross. Right. Uh, at the beginning. And then obviously that brings them together at the end. It's a really good, I liked the ending, the whole, you know, I grabbed the spoon referring back to when Joey gave him that good advice, you know, to grab a spoon. So I, I do like the, the circular writing in that regard. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I, this is what I was kind of uh, getting at. I want to, um, uh, ask you, so this is one of your favorite shows, I, I think, right? Uh, I thought I thought I remembered you saying it was one of your favorite sitcoms. Not really. I I think the uh, the first three and a half seasons are brilliant. Like okay. they're incredible. After that, okay. it loses so much steam that I have a lot of complaints that I will. Uh, I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I was gonna say because uh, I wanted to, uh, my I'm at kind of a, about a six on it and i wanted to see if you could bring me up oh because a lot of times you have some good arguments on on things where that i kind of like look at as like that's ah, not really my style and then by the time we're done talking i you know like yeah you you convince me that oh okay it's not really six maybe it's an eight or a seven or something and so i'm gonna put it on you to to actually bring my number up my, if my, you want to, if you my, don't agree with the six, my goal is to hopefully keep you at least at a six. Like, <laughs> I don't oh, want okay. you to, I don't want you to fall further down. Okay. There uh, you go. The whole, go. that'll be, it. that'll be a win for me just because I do have some issues with the, with the show. But overall I would say, I mean, they do a, 
it's it, it is really witty. I like for me growing up, I watched I didn't get a lot of TV growing up. I watched mostly movies. I just didn't have cable television. What we little TV we had was usually over the air. And so I just didn't have access to a lot of sitcoms. So the sitcoms I, I remember growing up were stuff like Night Court, Cheers a little bit, and I don't know, maybe a, a couple others that I'm struggling to even name. Uh, but Cheers was the first for me that serialized sitcoms. So like, you know, Cosby's or Martin, these other sitcoms, Fresh Prince, these other sitcoms that I watched, it didn't really matter if you saw the previous episode or the previous 10. Friends, it really pays off to know what's been going on in their lives. Um, and so the serialization of it made it so much more exciting to watch because I knew I was hoping for a thing to happen or expecting, especially those first few seasons, which I didn't see when it was airing. I didn't start watching Friends until I moved to Austin, like six years after this thing started airing on on TV. I, so I was way behind the curve. But uh, once I got caught up, I was like, yeah, I, I, I am excited to see where this goes next. Um, and it was always there. They They found a way to further the story while also, you know, making it episodic. So you still had those episodic elements that made it self-contained, but also built on what happened, you know, in the weeks prior. And so the, the writing really was, you know, fantastic. My, my biggest issue, uh, is how sloppy they get with the comedy later down the road. Like mm -hmm. the, this pilot wasn't the, it wasn't a right hook. Like I think it's still a very, 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 very good pilot compared to other pilots, not compared to what friends ended up being. Because no, very few shows start off, you know, with just the perfect episode that uh, has everything nailed down and it feels like you're already in season two. Uh, because if you even look at Joey, this isn't Joey's final form in any shape. Uh, even within the first season, I feel like they start to transition him away from the cool hip guys. This feels like he's a Fonz in episode one. Totally. He's, he's way too cool for school. Um, yeah. And we quickly find out that he's, you know, the uh, the alter ego for for Phoebe, right? He's a ditz on his own and he's still very attractive and the women love him and all that stuff that is kind of lurking there in the first episode. But he's not as cool as they make him out to be like the yeah. whole leather jacket thing. But after right around three and a half seasons, I don't know if there's a new switch in writers or just perspective. They just get really lazy. The 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 wit is completely gone and instead of a uh, wordplay they go more towards these caricatures and these kind of over-the-top physical comedy uh stylings that i just i really have a hard time connecting the turkey with. on the head yeah that kind of stuff exactly yeah. <laughs> like that's just ham-fisted stuff that isn't what made it great you know the first time the first few seasons are great because uh the wordplay is there uh the performances are all incredible um, but that's built on largely, you know, great writing. And to the credit of like a, uh, a Rachel Green, um, Jennifer Aniston does so much with her lines that I think she is criminally underrated with her comedic chops. Like the first episode doesn't really get to d display it quite as well as, you know, right. uh, later episodes. But she is absolutely brilliant. Like if you go watch the first even season, you'll... And really just pay attention to what she's adding to the scene. It's absolutely astounding. Um, and she is incredible. She's right up there with Matthew Perry uh, in terms of the ability to cool. turn a line. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I I get it. I don't blame you for having a six. If I was to grade the entire show, I'd probably be right around a seven. Um, but if I'm watching the first okay. three and a half to five seasons, the one where it to me, you can tell the exact moment when it falls is when Ross marries. He goes overseas in London and marries the British chick. After that, yeah. it's a very sharp decline and everything. Ross becomes this shadow of himself. He becomes this mopey whining thing that Dude, see i'm so glad you said that because i it was weird watching this i i never liked ross i was always like i everybody's so good but i freaking hate david schwimmer i've just always whatever uh, and and but watching this episode i was like i kind of like him you know like he was funny and that that line he delivered i think the word you're looking for it like <laughs> right. the way that he actually said that w- word what was the word was okay anyway anyway uh, was like that was perfect delivery and i loved it i loved i actually liked him in this episode and i was like yes he he won in the end he grabbed the spoon but but i remember you know getting into this this show and just really not liking him as a character it sucks because he does go from this this guy and what's funny is in both of those cases in the case where we piloted and in the case where I think the show falls apart, where after uh, his his marriage to the to the British lady goes awry, those are very similar circumstances. He's getting he's he's having a failed marriage and he's mm-hmm. struggling, you know, to get the things that he wants. Um, and yet the directions that they took in both of those circumstances are just completely veering away from him being a likable character. Yeah, <laughs> because like yeah. you said, like he. You know, he was a little mopey here, and I love that the first line is that, hey, and Joey's response is that this guy says hi, and I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, that's perfect. Yeah, it's like, you know, cheer up, bro. Um, yeah. And they use that as a kind of recurring joke in the first few seasons, which works really well. But if you want to keep him likable, you got to keep giving him uh, goals and aspirations and, uh, and courage. Um, and it's when I think he runs out of courage to... Uh, keep chasing those things that he wants uh, is when it really starts to just not click. And I, and I blame the writing on that. I think one of the other great things, and you can see this in friends and cheers is you introduce someone new to the group, right? And cheers. That was Diane chambers. Um, and here in friends, it's Rachel green is, you know, getting is joining. And so that's an easy way to kind of frame our perspective on and add exposition to who these people are. Like mm-hmm. Phoebe literally gives us her backstory and that's just an easy way because she doesn't know Rachel. And now these two characters got to get to know each other. So we're getting backstory on everyone to a light degree. And they use that to keep, you know, furthering the story out as the season unfolds. But the other common theme with introducing a new character between cheers and, and friends is there's a love interest there. There's this, you know, sudden, Oh, now we're hooking the audience with a with the love connection. Like we want to see these two characters hit it off, um, and that's something that anticipation, right? You want your audience to anticipate something, um, and they set that up really nicely. Whenever they show Ross, I, and I love the blocking of that scene where he's kind of hiding away underneath the uh, I don't even know what those are those shutters in the window, mm-hmm. um, those flaps. He's kind of just tucked away inside the flaps. <laughs> And he makes his comments like, who would I even ask out? And he looks out the window and they do this uh, cross dissolve to Rachel. And this is a rarity on the show. For one, it's useful. And I'm glad they did it to kind of establish the link between those two so that 
when you get to the end of the, the, the episode and Ross is talking about how much he was in love with her and uh, that he wants to ask her out and then kind of chickens out a little bit, but maybe gives us a little that's hope. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. It's like he's still working through stuff and he did. He grabbed his phone and that makes us really excited about, oh, there's something here. Um, mm -hmm. And anytime you can build anticipation, that's that's a really good feeling, but you see that in cheers too. And so that common ground of let's establish a love line um, that we can press on the audience and get people really excited. But the thing with that, that transition where we go to break without a laugh, we go to break on just music. Friends does not do that at all. I would say very, very, very few uh, moments in friends are comfortable with silence and with emotional moments and largely to their benefit. Like the, like the Phoebe backstory, they're really good at undercutting and using these tense moments as a method to insert comedy. Um, mm -hmm. And that's fine. I think that's that's really OK. Personally, my taste is I also like emotional moments. I like the full, you know, roller coaster of ups and downs. And I'm OK with sitting in a, a, a sad moment or sitting in um, an uncertainty. And Friends is not like that's primetime comedy. And they're like, no, 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 no. We need yeah. we need to laugh. We're going to do the three laughs a page every page <laughs> and i think yeah and and to the the point about i'm glad they had that connection and i'm really glad that he he didn't ask her out right there i mean it yeah. had been a day since she left that guy at the altar and <laughs> right. like, like but still even even like it still felt really fast mm. uh to me even though he didn't ask her out or whatever it still was like really like it had only been like a 24 hours and you're saying yes to have being asked out on like i feel like writing wise it i don't know you know everybody's different yeah. and and maybe somebody would would be down with that but if, maybe a better response writing wise would it be ask me later or something you know like something mm -hmm. else like like not a no but I not a right now, true. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But, you I, know, I know it's a sitcom and, you know. I think, and I think the reason that, that it works, because it works for me, you know, to a large degree, um, especially if I don't stop and think about it the way, you know, human beings will in, the, in a real situation like that. But I think the, the reason it works is we never see Barry, so we don't feel any obligation to this guy. Good um, point. And then we also see that, She's unhappy. This isn't just a uh, I, I got the jitters, but she was really unhappy with her life to the point that she moved cities and she clearly has no intention of going back like she has the phone call with her dad. And so we get a really good sense that uh, she just didn't love this guy who looks like Mr. Potato Head. And that moment is a little bit of hope for her. And I think that's the other reason that we like that moment is because we see her finally kind of be excited about the prospect of love instead of feeling like I was marrying for all the wrong reasons. I was marrying because this is what was expected of me. I, you know, this was mm -hmm. a doctor and kind of a comfortable lifestyle instead of my something I'm passionate about. Um, yeah. And whenever we okay. see that kind of turn on its head, we're like, you know what? Yeah, I like this. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I, I didn't think I, I did think about not seeing Barry the whole time while I was watching it, but I forgot about that moment. Yeah. Or forgot about that while I was saying that. So, yeah. Right. But yeah, and that's the kind of the the benefit of a 20 minute show, right? Is you know, 
they don't really give us time to think about those kinds of things, like mm -hmm. especially because they point it out in the episode. And I think that helps diffuse that bomb is they acknowledge that it's not OK to hit on a bride on her wedding day. <laughs> yeah. And, and so just by addressing it, it kind of, you know, takes the uh, the weight off of our shoulders as viewers and feeling like, yeah, they're they're being delicate about all this, um, mm -hmm. you know, on a subconscious level, at least. Dang. Yeah. Uh, the only two things I really have left are cinematography and uh, editing because we pretty much already touched on the writing and story stuff. The The thing that kind of surprised me, is especially the first maybe half of the show, like the first five seasons, this is like 10 seasons, I think it's very dark. Like the uh, the lighting is. Yes, it is. It's really dark, um, surprisingly so. And it's also very high contrast, which I don't think you get a lot of in uh, sitcoms. Sitcoms are normally bright, bright, bright. Um, and in this case, I think the darker lighting and the higher contrast kind of added to the drama and to the idea that this is New York and New York is a little bit harder of a city. And so maybe they're trying to play into that, you know, stylistically a little bit. The thing that really hit me over the head a while back, whenever I think Netflix was first released Friends, I don't know, four or five years ago, I was really shocked because I hadn't watched Friends in ages at that point. I was so surprised at the camera movement. Like there's constant panning and tracking, dollying, zooming in, zooming out, reframing. Uh, and I was just like, whoa, the cinematography of Friends is amazing and it never stops like from the first episode until the very end they nail it they absolutely crush the cinematography uh in a way that very few other sitcoms do except cheers um mm -hmm. and again i'm no sitcom buff so if you want to throw out like taxi or uh, something some other show maybe i'm not saying there's no other show that from my frame of reference no other show really does it the way uh, friends does and cheers though almost the exact same style. And what was surprising whenever I was looking up kind of the notes after Cheers was James Burroughs, who directed almost all of Cheers, also directed the pilot for Friends. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So that blew my hair back. I was That's like, crazy. That makes so much sense. That really helped me understand. And wow. it's important because as a director or a cinematographer, you get to set, if you're shooting the pilot, you really set the, the style for the entire run of the show. Yeah, yeah. Like there's very few pilot episodes that aren't chased immediately with the same styling as the follow-up episodes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think House is the only exception off the top of my head that I've ever seen do a dramatic change from episode one to two. Everything else follows very, very hard. Like if you go watch... First. It makes me want to go watch House now. Right. <laughs> That's an amazing show. Um, mm -hmm. And watch Breaking Bad, watch whatever. Like those first one or two episodes will set a style that's going to be the style guide for everyone that comes after. And so... Uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't know that I would ever want to, uh, to direct a TV show unless it was the, the first, like the pilot. Yeah, because then you're pigeonholed, right? Yeah, I don't feel like I have the kind of tools unless, you know, you're you're as big as, you know, a, a Ryan Johnson, who if you go watch the Ryan Johnson episodes of Breaking Bad, 
you'll see him pull some cards out that aren't in the rest of the series. Like he'll do some fun things. Oh, imagine that. Right. <laughs> but you only need to be like, you know, producing blockbusters, you know, to, to pull that card. Um, Wait, that guy did a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. Let's let him per- let's let him direct all of the three Star Wars. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little better. <laughs> Same. And mm-hmm. so directing and creating the pilot really gives you so much leverage to do whatever you want and to uh, you're kind of beholden after that. Uh, the other thing yeah. I noticed about this was how colorful it is, even though it is darker and there is a higher contrast. There's a lot of colors going on in the show, like the purple apartment walls, uh, the green doors. Obviously, Ross has like a bright red shirt on and uh, a lot of the decor around the apartment uh, has a lot of colors popping. And so it's it's still kind of keeping in the ethos of friends and, you know, merriment. And they're just doing this amalgamation of all these uh, stylings with the, the cinematography and the, the lighting, the contrast and the bright colors. It kind of pulls it all together in a way that says this is friends and any frame you watch ever. You could watch any frame and say, oh, yeah, yeah that's friends, uh, probably without yeah. even seeing the characters in it because it's so distinct. And those are the kinds of things that really add a lot to that styling. And of course, uh, with editing, there's something that happens in here and I'll get to it in like 10 seconds. But the thing, one thing that we've talked about before is the, the magic of an establishing shot. They use all these establishing shots of New York city of an apartment building in New York city as a way to trick you into thinking they are actually in New York city when in fact they're on a soundstage in Los Angeles. And that's always one of those kind of mind blowing things that, uh, the first time you hear it is like, Oh, wait, they're not in New York City (laughs) because that's how well it works. You really believe they're in New York and all you got to do is rent a B-roll team to go up there and shoot, you know, for two days. And now you have a season's worth of opening shots and establishing shots that fool the the client or the, the viewer into thinking a thing. The thing with the sound mix, uh, which I kind of inserted into the editing is their use of the laugh track. Now I think, I'm pretty sure they film in front of a live studio audience, but I believe they also really use a, a laugh track um, for certain moments. Now, they don't I wouldn't say they overdo the laugh track in the sense of timing, but they do use it, I think, too much in terms of uh, EQ. And it's one of those things that every time you have to turn up the volume because the characters are talking at, I don't know, like a minus 12 dB. Yeah. But and so you turn up your volume to make that normal for wherever your living room is. Um, But what they also do is they insert the laugh track at like a minus three dB. And so the laughing so much louder. And it's one of these little editing tricks to get the viewer to laugh more because it becomes a social expectation that will laugh along whenever you hear someone else laughing. Even if you don't know what the joke is, sometimes you'll still laugh. Right. Because it's social pressure. Um, And they use that, especially it's not quite as bad in this pilot episode. But if you listen to any episode, I think after this, uh, it gets really obvious, like. I've been mm-hmm. wanting for a while to just grab an episode and just see what the actual levels are uh, in like Premiere or, or on an EQ just because I think they are outrageous because I have to I get so mad when the the, the laugh track is like breaking my eardrums. It's very frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good cheat. I'm not going to lie. It works. But I also, you know, get irritated as, you know, a viewer. <laughs> no, that's annoying. Like, especially when it drowns out because it was drowning out Phoebe when she was telling her story. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but as far as uh, notes, that's that's all I got, man. Um, yeah, 
I'm still a six. Yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it better um, than I thought I would for sure. Um, it was still pretty, you know, nostalgic to see everybody. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was like, eh, uh, I, there, there are other pilots that I'm more excited about. I know uh, as soon we're going to do friend or um, uh, Seinfeld. Very excited about that because I love that show. Um, and I have never seen the pilot. I don't think maybe I have, and I just don't remember, but, um, very excited about that one. Same. So, so, um, and I, you know, you can't follow cheers with much, honestly. Yeah, I do. I, I love that you brought up cinematography cause I do like all the angles they took and, and they cut a whole lot, uh, which just keeps it interesting and like fresh every, every moment there's a new thing. Uh, but, um, is really the acting. I think just those, those characters are just fantastic, you know? Yeah. And, and that's one of those things that I feel like most pilots struggle, even, you know, Mm. shows that go on to be really, really successful normally have a, a a first pilot, the, the pilot, you Mm. know, the performances aren't quite locked in yet. Even shows that I really love like Futurama. If you go listen to, or go watch that first episode, the performances are garbage. Uh, the writing is still pretty good, but the, the performances are terrible. Uh, but the performances in this pilot are absolutely fantastic. Like everyone's mm-hmm. really nails and they're on it and they're in character. And I wouldn't say uh, the difference between Ross and episode one is all that different from Ross and episode, you know, 15 of this season in terms of performance. Like they're all mm-hmm. really well dialed in. And other than some basic writing stuff, I don't think much changes. And so, Big, big kudos on the casting. Like, I think that's Avi Kaufman, uh, who's just an absolute phenom in Hollywood. Yeah. So I'm awesome. I think I'm about the same with you. If I could rate, break it up into chunks, I would say for the first three and a half to four seasons, I'm at like a a 10. And then from season five until the end, I'm at like a a six. Um, Same other than. The one episode I think they do amazing, the best episode of Friends is the uh, the game show. And I think that happens in season five. So they still have some some haymakers in there, but mm-hmm. it is a big downward trajectory, I think. Um, <laughs> but hey, yeah, uh, I just never really related to to it very much. So yeah, and definitely get that. I'm sure people would disagree and I'll get some hate mail because yeah. this, this show. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take some hate mail at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, what are you going to recommend this week? I I'm going to recommend Ozark. Um, if you haven't seen, uh, if you haven't seen that show, definitely go watch it. Jason Bateman is in it and, and season three is out. Fantastic. Cool. I what? mean, you did recommend that on episode 13, just FYI. That's what I knew I had, <laughs> but I'm going to recommend it again. Cause a new season three is out. Season three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's I was like I was looking through what we had recommended and I was like, well, I didn't recommend it last three weeks and I know it just came out. Hmm, weird. Okay. So yeah, I'll I'll do Ozark season three. Cool. I'm gonna do I originally had one lined up and then I just started watching this new show on Hulu yesterday that I am absolutely enthralled with. Uh normal people. It's a Oh, I yeah, I've seen that. I haven't a, seen it, but I've Short yeah. drama on Hulu. Uh, I think it's a limited series. I, I don't think it's going to be this, you know, recurring thing, which mm-hmm. should signal that it's really, really good. Like this is yep. going to be a great show. Uh, yep. But it's these it's the story of this guy and this girl in Ireland. And I think it takes place 
uh, at the start in this little town called Galway, uh, even though the town isn't heavily featured. But it's a town I got to visit last year when I was in Ireland. And so it's been fascinating to kind of watch these characters come together. And it's drama. It's heavily dramatic. It's definitely not safe for work. There's uh, sex scenes that honestly, it's some of the best sex scenes I've seen made. And it's from the... Wow. Uh, and it's another one of those things, man, whenever the, the credits hit and it said directed by Lenny Abramson, and I was like, freaking A, why didn't I know about this? He directed Room, which I absolutely love. Oh, um, yeah. Amazing. Wow. He just knows how to find the right story and uh, how to right. tell the story. And so uh, check out Normal People on Hulu. Awesome. Stay tuned for next week. We're going to tackle How I Met Your Mother and the pilot episode for that. So tune in for that and we'll kind of compare and contrast with that against Friends and Cheers. And, and then after that, we're going to do Seinfeld, as Todd said. Um, and that'll probably wrap up this stint of uh, sitcoms. Um, cool. But I think we'll come back to this idea uh, later if we get behind again. It's, it's really fun. I feel like I'm learning a lot and uh, it's a good change of pace, I think. Um, yeah, agreed. So don't forget to subscribe, review us on iTunes, and drop us a note. If there's something you want us to talk about, and maybe there's a specific style or thing that you want us to kind of point out, feel free to do that. Uh, maybe we don't talk enough about wardrobe or whatever. And you can leave a note on this episode at thepestlepodcast.com slash friends. And we'll leave you with a quote of the day from A.A. A. Milne uh, from Winnie the Pooh. This is, oh, this is interesting. Nice. All right. Piglet sidled up to Pooh from behind. Pooh? He whispered. Yes, Piglet? Nothing, said Pooh, taking Pooh's paw. I just wanted to be sure of you. Aww. Like, aww. My heart. That makes me want to go hug my son. I love that because it's a conversation really about nothing, just about connection. Yeah. And I, obviously that's kind of the heart of friendship. Uh, the best of friends, you know, add to you for sure. Uh, but they're, but it's also just nice to know, hey, they're both there. there. Oh, I, I don't have much to add to that. That's one of the best quotes we've we've done in a long time. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> I think we should uh, maybe do Calvin and Hobbes at some point. Ooh. They have some good. They have some good ones. I'll work that in. Yeah, my son loves Calvin and Hobbes. We read their books. Like we have books of Calvin and Hobbes, and we read them all the time. Your son is totally a Calvin. Oh, dude. He oh, my God. Has, he has his favorite thing in the whole world is he calls him Tiggy and it's a stuffed bobcat. I'm not lying. And he's had him since he was three years old. My uh, his grandfather, my father-in-law bought it for him randomly at Bass Pro Shop. And he's lo he loved the crap out of him. He broke his nose off once because he has like this this like hard nose. I had to like super glue it back on. His hair is falling out already. Yeah, he's had him for four years. Tiggy awesome. is the most special thing to him in the entire world. It's That's crazy. Amazing. He's totally Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. I, one day we're going to do an episode under 30 minutes. One day. I believe. Maybe not anytime soon, but <laughs> one day. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Join us next week. Um, we're, real, we're covering How I Met Your Mother, the pilot. Looking forward to that one. Uh, until then, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch some movies. Bye.